members of King of Kings congregation, members of St. Peter's, family and friends that have gathered here today in Minnesota, <laughs> and those that are joining with us today by that uh, devil internet <laughs> on YouTube or Facebook or however, special family and friends that get a front row standing room seat <laughs> and especially to you Lawson and Martha grace and peace love and mercy from God our Father through Jesus Christ our risen Savior and Lord amen amen it's a miracle it's a miracle that we are gathered here today and today God's Word directs us to the fact that it's a miracle now, I'm not talking about pulling off a wedding in the midst of all kinds of restrictions and mandates and all those kind of things, as difficult as that is. I'm not talking about trying to figure out a venue um, that is close to the church, even if it's not in the church. I'm not talking about planning a wedding when one is seven hours away from the other. I'm not even talking about the miracle that Lawson Short is actually getting married. <laughs> now, all of those things could be considered miracles in one way, shape, or form. But I'm talking about what God is doing here today. It's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. I don't know if you've thought about marriage this way, but it is a miracle. It's a miracle that anybody gets married in this day and age. It's fallen out of favor. People can't even define or describe what marriage is. But today, God will perform a miracle. We sang it in that hymn that we just sang. O Father, all creating. God is in the creating business. He spoke the word and things came into being. Let there be a rock. Let there be a fish. Let there be a Canada goose. One will fly over soon. <laughs> Let there be a husband and a wife. That is the miracle that we witness. That is the miracle that we celebrate. Now, three times we've heard about this miracle in our readings. If you didn't get it the first time and you didn't get it the second time, hopefully by the third time around you got it. The phrase that was repeated in all three of our readings today, for this reason, therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. That's God's miracle. That's the miracle that he performed in, uh, in Eden. That is the miracle that he blessed with his presence at Cana. And that is the miracle that he blesses and performs right here today. God has kind of a crazy, funky way of doing arithmetic. Two become one. That's the miracle. 
How do you know? God says so. To become one in heart, in mind, in body, and through Christ, in soul. This is God's miracle. Now, in a sense, it's a miracle already that he brought you two together. All good gifts come from God. All good gifts cometh from the Lord. James teaches us that. How in the world does a Minnesota girl find a Kansas by way of Fort Wayne, North Bend, Nebraska boy? How does that happen? Well, the internet and cell phones and Snapchat and Instagram and Zoom, that helps. But this is God's doing. God is the one who brought you together. And God promises through his word that he is the one that will keep you together. That is not solely your doing either. It's a gift of God. God brings you together. He says to become one. And then he tells you, he teaches you what this, this thing called marriage is supposed to look like. We all have a distorted view of marriage because of sin. I don't know if you caught it in the liturgy of the church. God instituted marriage before sin came into the world. If there is anything that God designed to be perfect and last forever, it's marriage. Adam and Eve, two become one. God takes some of the dirt that he's already created. He shapes the dirt into the shape of a human being. He breathes into the dirt and the dirt comes alive. Now that's a miracle. The first man. Adam. And if you know your Hebrew, <clears throat> you know that Adam literally means man from the earth. Or as I like to say, dirt boy. But in God's perfect creation, God cannot stand the fact that Adam is alone. And so he makes a helper suitable for him. He takes a part of Adam, literally a chunk. He takes a chunk of Adam, and out of that chunk, he makes a woman. And God brings the woman to Adam. And Adam rejoices in the gift that God has given him. Today, God has given each of you a gift. Martha, Lawson is a gift. I know sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it might be hard to, to completely grasp that, but you know it. He is. He's a gift from God. Lawson, you know. <laughs> you absolutely know what a gift Martha is. And so today, we celebrate in the fact that God has given each of you to each other. God's special gift. Standing before our altar, asking for God's blessings. 
pledging not only your love and devotion to God, but to each other. God teaches us what this gift of marriage should look like even now in our fallen world. You got a little bit of a taste of it already. Because of sin and pandemic, plans didn't always go easy. Plans didn't always go the way you wanted. There was disappointment. This is the way of the world. People are sick. People can't always travel. Loved ones can't even be here. Sin is real. And the consequences of sin are real as well. You will quickly realize that the person's sin that you know the best and the most is the person you're married to. Because as you spend more and more time with each other, you will realize that your husband, your wife, is a poor, miserable sinner. That's what makes marriage a challenge. That's what makes marriage difficult. That's what makes marriage, at times, seemingly impossible. Jesus says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two become one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man, our text says separate, the, the King James is much better here, let not man rip asunder. Do you realize that all the forces in the world, the devil, the world, and even your own sinful flesh, are at war with your marriage right now, trying to rip asunder this gift that God is giving you? This is the reality. Lawson, you will know it even more as a pastor in God's church, as people attack the one who proclaims God's word in its truth and purity. Martha, I've tried as best as I can to prepare you for the special, challenging, difficult vocation of being a pastor's wife. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Sin is real. Marriage is difficult. Being a pastor is extremely difficult. Being a pastor's wife is extremely difficult times ten. The world that you will be facing as husband and wife will set a bullseye on your marriage and on your faith. Boy, Pastor, thanks for all the good news, <laughs> huh? Well, former vicar, short, until God's word of law opens our eyes, the sweetness of the gospel cannot be seen. Jesus says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
He says this through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5. We heard that before. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. This is what God is calling you to do, and it's more than an example. In the same way that Christ submitted himself to the will of the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, bearing the sin of the world upon himself and into himself, going to Calvary's cross on our behalf, in the same way that Jesus sacrificed his life on Calvary's cross, Christ is calling you to be like him to each other in your marriage. And you can't do it. Not on your own. That's why Christ came. That's why he took on flesh and blood. That's why he submitted to the will of the Father. That's why he went to Calvary's cross, that old rugged cross, for us, for our salvation, for our forgiveness. For all of those times when we don't think of marriage as a gift, but as a burden, as a chore, something that should be discarded. For all of the times when we don't love each other as Christ has called us to love each other with that sacrificial love. For all of the times when we put ourselves first rather than submitting to the will of the Father. For all of the times when we want what we want and we want it now without regard for our spouse or God's word. For all these sins and more, Jesus came for you. Jesus lived for you, fulfilling all of God's law perfectly. Jesus bled and died for all your sins, past, present, and future. It is finished. Jesus, his stone-cold dead body laying in a new tomb. Jesus, three days later, burst back to life, never to die again for you, proving that his word is true and his forgiveness is real. The gift of marriage would be impossible apart from the forgiving love that Christ has given you. He claimed you in the waters of holy baptism. He has kept you safe in his church. And as a special joy, he has given you each other. Thanks be to God. Pure gift, pure gift. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. You know, there's a, there's a scene in uh, the movie Forrest Gump when uh, Forrest is trying to uh, console a very bitter and a very drunk Lieutenant Dan who's simply feeling sorry for himself, confined to a wheelchair, no hope, no life. And Lieutenant Dan looks at Forrest and he says, Forrest, have you found Jesus? And immediately, Forrest says, I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him, sir. <laughs> Christ has found you.
He has found you in His Word. He has found you in the waters of holy baptism. He has delivered gift after gift after gift, family, friends, and now spouse. Our God is a gift-giving God who says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When you think you're lost, when your sins or the sins of others overwhelm you, when it looks like Jesus is nowhere to be found, He will find you again and again and again in His powerful, life-giving, life-changing, and forgiving Word. You know, it was, I don't know, three or four years ago when, uh, I don't know how I quite got roped into this, but I did, and my wife and I, on a trip to see family in Texas, stopped by to see some of your family. Your grandma. And we had a wonderful visit in the nursing home. We talked about how well your vicarage had gone up to this point. That was before your 10-week vacation. <laughs> Unscheduled and unplanned, I might add. <laughs> and I looked at your grandma and I said, you know, if we could just find him a wife. And immediately the smile left her face. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, not just any wife, it has to be the right wife. Grandma's happy today. <laughs> In heaven, eternally happy. You'll meet her one day. She's happy today. It has, uh, it has been several years since a uh, young punk vicar from Pratt, Kansas entered into my life and I don't know if it is more of like youngest son or oldest grandson probably somewhere in between but it has been a pure joy and a great blessing Martha since you have come into Lawson's life and we've had a chance to get to know each other around God's Word, it has been a great blessing as well. And unlike most of the folks gathered here today, um, my wife and I will be very close. So we'll be able to continue this conversation, this encouragement, this, whatever this is, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as you need it, 
and especially when you don't think you need it. You know, there's going to be a lot of people giving you advice, words of wisdom and encouragement today and in all the days and months ahead. King Solomon, Psalm 127, words that were paraphrased in the last verse of the hymn that we sang. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Lawson and Martha, build your house. Build your love. Build your family. Build your life on that solid foundation, which is Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for you. May words of love, but more importantly, words of forgiveness flow each and every day. And as they do, the blessings that God has in store for you will never end. Not for all eternity. They will never end. And remember, right here, right now, today, it's a miracle. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen.